This is The Extra Sheet, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast, hosted by me, Socraton, along with Beal and Sir Nevels. How are you doing today, guys? Doing good. Doing good. Happy to be here. Another fine day, gentlemen. Fine day, indeed. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the more forgotten, unused, underrated, unloved technologies and upgrades. But before we do, let's take a look at uh, what Age of Empire 4 news there is to cover. Uh, first up on the list, I know that the biggest news probably in the RTS community is Company of Heroes 3 coming out. Uh, it's been pretty big in the RTS community. I know Fitzbro, for instance, has been uh, streaming a lot of that, as well as Snoop has been dabbling. Um, what are you guys' thoughts about the game from what you've seen? I, I, don't, I don't have it personally. I've only just watched some streamers. Personally, it feels like it's a different enough game. I don't think it's going to compete too hard with age. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah. Uh... I haven't picked it up either. Um, I have checked out some of the streams and I think, yeah, just historically, uh, Company of Heroes and Age of Empires occupied two different sections of uh, RTS players. Um, it's different enough that like Age of Empires is more similar to a Starcraft or a Warcraft kind of RTS and Company Heroes is really it's it's doing its own thing. It's way more of a, a tactics, military positioning sort of thing rather than the whole uh, economy into military like Age of Empires or, or Starcraft or Warcraft. Yeah, that's what I noticed, too, is a lot less, lot less macro focused, a lot more micro focused. So if you're into that kind of thing, you might like that game. Personally, I, I definitely lean towards more the medieval like kind of style of age, but... Yeah, I like my base building. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, like well, yeah, just what Bill said. Uh, I mean, I, I well, like I actually did purchase the game, but I've been going kind of hard in Asian Empire Four lately, so I haven't even started up. I, I, but I did play the uh, the playtest they had of the game when uh, before it actually launched, and from what I played, I realized that it's a whole different. It, they're two different type of games. I mean. Whereas, like, Age of Empire, you know, you got landmarks and all that good stuff. It's really, like, that game kind of focuses a lot. And I could be honestly incorrect. It's just off the little I play. But it's, like, more so, like, there's no economy. Uh, you know, it's more of, like, map control. Like, somebody here, if they ever play, like, Call of Duty, it's, like, domination. Like, you know, you got control points on the map, which gives you availability to more troops and bigger army. And it's just, like, it's not, it's, it's it, you know, they're both made, both teams are made by Relic, but... They're just, like I said, uh, way different, you know, like it's not really like civilization based, you know, you got Axis and Allied armies, you know, and the way it plays is way different, but it's it's a quality game for sure. But just as far as the whole theme of the game, even though they are somehow that, you know, they you know, right about the same development company, night and day, I don't believe that Company Heroes is even going to really make a big impact on Age of Empires 4. Yeah, that's kind of my takeaway from it as well. Definitely seems like a very different game all across the board. I mean, they're both technically real-time strategy games, but yeah, I think I think you guys hit a lot of the thoughts that I had seeing it. So, oh, cool. We'll leave that behind, I guess, and move back on to the game of discussion that we talk about here with Age. I do have one other piece of news before I'll hand it over to Sir Neville's for a Golden League recap. Uh, I did notice, I saw a Reddit post of this saying that Hera, uh, it was a clip of Hera who was asked by... He plays a lot of Age of Empires 2. He kind of dabbled in Age of 4 and then I think got disenfranchised and left, went back to AoE 2. And someone asked him in his stream, like, oh, what do you think it would take for the game to be like viable again, essentially? And he was like, I don't even care. 
I don't think they, they, they've abandoned that game, essentially. And I was kind of like, well, I don't know if I agree with that assessment. It sounds like he's just kind of bitter for his own reasons. But he said that not a big deal, really, in the long scheme of things. But some people might find that interesting, I guess. I think he's just better at AoE 2 than AoE 4 and just kind of likes yeah. the play. I think he likes the game cycle in AoE 2 better than AoE 4. And I don't think it'll, anything could happen to ever change that personally. Well, if, it, if I had that some comment on that, like I, uh, so when I first got into of Age Empires 4, Hera was the first player that I actually watched. Like I thought Hera was like an uh, Age Empires 4 guy. Like he, I, I don't know, it's like, you know, up in the air why he actually left the game. Like, you know, whether it was like he wasn't winning anything or, you know, the game, because when the game he played is a much different game than what we're playing today. You know, it was a lot more cheese, you know, animation canceling and all that good stuff. And it's more micro centric at some points where like a lot of the Asian Empire 2 community, they're very heavy on micro that they're known for because, you know, you could do a lot of different things. But if you ask me, I mean, there's like this certain division between AO, AOE 2 and 4, and it's kind of funny. It's like this like kind of tribalism thing where like, oh, you're either AOE 2 player or 4. Like, it's not really in the same ego, but um, I kind of feel that everyone who from AGMR 2 has tried 4, has eventually just went back to 2. Yeah. Like, everybody. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed that. Pretty much. Because I followed Age of Empires 2 professional stuff since about like... 2018, 2019, I watched T90's videos back in the day. And so when Age 4 came out, I noticed, oh, I recognize this player. I recognize this player. I recognize this player playing AoE 4 now. And uh, it seems like that entire pool has basically just gone back to AoE 2. And we're left with StarCraft 2 pros uh, as the foundation for our pro scene. Um, but I... I mean, I disagree with Hera saying that developers have abandoned AoE 4. I think Relic can be a difficult company yeah. to work with. Uh, they've they've certainly, I mean, they have updated. Every time they make an update, it's great. Uh, I love Season 2 into Season 3. I love uh, what we're doing right now with the current season, Season 3 into Season 4. I think every time they do update the game, it does get better even though there are so many little things that have been present since the start of the game, including just the fact that drop hacking exploit mm -hmm. that's still present and there's still problems with map generation, but it's, it's two different developers with age two and age four and the people who are developing for age of empires two, I believe uh, it started as a community mod back in I don't know, the late 2000s to like add a community patch to the game to keep that playable um, in the in the modern era. And then those people got hired by Microsoft and published like the HD and DE editions and all the new expansions on on Steam. So where you've got AOE 2, it's like diehard fans turned into developers that are maintaining the game right now where uh, Age of Empires 4, we're dealing with Relic, a company that puts out a lot of RTS, but has never had, like, one of the big-name RTS games. So I think there's a difference in developer mentality. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to overstate uh, and overtake Hera's words and blow them out of proportion. I think even the, the Reddit post didn't really get a lot of upvotes. I just happened to see it and thought it was interesting. 
And I, I mean, I think I wonder how much of that too is the competitive scene just having bigger cash pools still in AOE two than it does in AOE four. There's not a lot of S tier tournaments for Age of Empires four compared to Age of Empires two. So I wonder how much that plays into it. But I would also say, I mean, on face value, his comma I still think isn't really. I agree with you, Bill. Isn't really accurate because I think this game looks drastically different than it did this time last year. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny because. If you uh will go through go to Harry's channel, it's like an older video. I don't know how like back when he was playing the game and actually enjoying it. He made a video saying that what he would improve about the game, and like it's hilarious because like everything he listens to be improved has been improved now. Like it's like everything like you know maybe like with the camera angle they got panoramic camera angle now. He was like kind of nitpicking, but for the most part, and any things that are having like things that are having problems maybe like you know heavy siege meta and all that good stuff. I can't really go like off the top knowing exactly what he found a problem with the game. But I remember watching it just recently and like a lot of things that he was complaining about actually are fixed. So I'm be give my opinion on things. You just want to play more what you win at. Like, <laughs> like Agent of Two Power Agent Power uh two players aren't winning. And like the StarCraft boys came through and they just sweat. The like they just really like I mean anything like like, like like Viper, you know, like Viper, you know, he won the first S tier Age of Empire tournament by EGTC TV, and like, you know, and that kind of like was like his last hurrah in Age of Empires Four. I don't mean like Hera may have won small stuff in the uh, in the game, but in the S tier tournament, he didn't even he barely qualified or he even got in. And then it's like a little conspiracy once they got rid of animation canceling, which is like what he loved to do. Then he really was like, yeah, this game, uh, it's not for me anymore. Like, it was just like, hey, you just play. It's like only, I think it's only one Age of Empire 2 pro or like high, like, you know, like a high tier player that still plays the game. And he goes by the name is Casfa. Like, other than him, they kind of all gave it a dabble and kind of tucked tail and kind of went back to what they know more. And uh, also, too, the, uh, you know, the casters around the game kind of like, you know, like they gave it a shot. Uh, one that came to my mind that kind of he has a big following in Age of Pirates 2, and he kind of put the blockade up for four was uh, Mimba. He, uh, you know, he's a big caster, Spanish caster. He has a nice following, and he kind of like off rip was like, this game is not for me. Like, you know, and that's fair. You know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, you really want to play more of what you win at. Mm. I think you mentioned yeah. kind of a good point there, too, a little bit about like the animation canceling. I think, again, this game is so much more especially with this uh, between the two age empires games, even I would say that age four is definitely very macro heavy as opposed to micro heavy. I mean, there reaches a point in late game. I mean, if you're a good enough macro player and your opponent doesn't have the macro to keep up the economy, you don't even have to, you just a move, just a move once the whole military, boom, you win. Like, I think at that point you only have to really micromanage like your siege and sprinkles a little bit towards the end of the game. Otherwise you can just let your economy out and overwhelm your opponent. Thank you for telling me that because I have a huge problem with my game. I will try to micro an hour into the game and lose every fight I play. Thank you. I mean, if you have the micro, <laughs> by all means, use it, right? But like, like I think it reaches that point where a good macro is going to be a, a good micro any day. All day trumps it. My, I'm always trying to get it, like win every battle I take. And I, I got 30, 40 idle villagers. Thank you. I got to get that together. <laughs> don't, don't we all? <laughs> well, that, that's it for my news, I think. Uh, Sir Nevels, I think you were going to give us a recap of the Golden League, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden League, it's like, it's, you know, uh, there it is the sole really S-tier tournament right now in the community. And it's actually pretty good. Just to give a quick, quick recap of the community as a whole. 
because, you know, I was first time bringing it up. It's just, uh, so, you know, it's an S-tier tournament, which is, you know, the highest, you know, you know, category of tournaments in the community. It uh, has three as a qualifier, of course, and has three different rounds before the playoffs. And the first round, which is already passed, but the first round, is it was something called uh, No Stone Age. And basically, it's just really just like, you know, it's a 64-player tournament, and in the first round, they just, they just couldn't build stone walls, keeps, or stone towers. That was the whole gimmick of the first round, which wrapped up a pro player that I don't know if people are familiar with, uh, but goes by the name of Lucifron. He's a Spanish pro player. Him and his brother, which is pretty cool. There's a lot of brothers in the pro scenes. It's pretty dope. But him and his brother battled out, and uh, Lucifron, he ended up taking round one of uh, the uh, known Stone Age. But the one that just actually wrapped up today, actually a couple hours ago on Sunday, uh, they call it the Fast Start Frenzy. The gimmick behind the, well, I don't know if you call it a gimmick, but like the rule set behind this round was, uh, it's called Fast Start because instead of spawning with six villagers, like we all know, we so you're spawning with 12. So you're spawning with double the villager count. So you got guys going up to the feudal age in like one minute and like 15 seconds. Like it's supposed to be like, a you know, it's called Fast Start Frenzy. It's supposed to be a faster start. And that just wrapped. And that was, it was actually really exciting. I think it actually had some talking community about making it to where the developers patched in more villagers to start. Maybe like, maybe instead of six, maybe nine or even 12, which is actually like something that happened in StarCraft. StarCraft, I think when the game first came out, you start off with like three little worker drones and they end up moving it up to, I don't know, 12. I don't want to play StarCraft, but like nine or 12. But anyway, the rap uh, capped that off. You know, a lot of pro players went crazy. But uh, in the end, um, the, play, the pro player that uh, people, well, spoiler spoiler for anyone who doesn't, uh, you know, may watch them on time. But in the end, the player that came out, took the W, uh, it came down to the player Marine Lord. He's like, you know, he is like one of those like high, kind of like almost like a little uh, AOE four celebrity. He's one of like, you know, the, he won the lat the latest biggest tournament, Red Bull Wall of Law. So he's very high, highly toted in the community. And he also faced one of the Spanish professional vortex. And yep, he took the cake. He uh it was, he actually went crazy. He went crazy. He did his thing. But the one coming up, and these uh these are for the next two weekends. Like actually, I think it's for the next four weekends coming up, but the third round is starting next weekend. And the theme of the third round is off-meta combat. So basically, uh, all the pro players, a pool of 64 players, I believe, they play in any civilization that is popular for that map is banned. The first first four most winning civilizations are banned for the map. Oh, I saw this. I saw this. I think English was banned for like the entire round. (laughs) If you you play English, it's a wrap. If you main English, yeah, you will like, and if anybody who is a big fan of English, I apologize. You will, you will not see your civilization at all because English is just that good. And they're that well-rounded. Like they are popular in every map. So basically, for example, uh, Baltic, which is like the, if uh, the new season is called Baltic, previous season is called Mediterranean, which is a primarily water map. The civilizations that are banned are Rus, HRE, China, and English. Because mm, no those are the most, yeah, exactly. Those are the four most popular civilizations on water maps. So all the ones that are available, you know, like, you know, players really got to practice heavy in these because, like, what they're used to playing, 
They're uh, yeah, they are 100% not in the map pool or not in the uh, player pool. But it's funny because there's three civilizations that are allowed on every single map. And I'm kind of thinking, like, do civilizations lose all the time? Like, I'm like thinking, like, like, why are these civilizations available on every map? And these three civs are the Abbasids, French, and Malians. They're available on every map. I'm not which surprised means by have, French. I'm not surprised yeah. by the French. Yeah. Yo, Abbasid, you, you were French. Abbasid, yeah. Abbasid, though, Dude. Dude. Neville, you were speaking that one up our last episode, Dude. saying all hail the Abbasid like <laughs> dynasty, and now Dude. they don't seem to be favored whatsoever. You know, you know I'm not liking this. I'm not liking this. It's kind of hurt my feelings. No, like the Bassett, the, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the deal is. I can't even like, you know, put my finger on it. But like the Bassett, if you're going to AOE4 world, they have the, I think they have the lowest, at least one of them, like, they have a lower uh, win rate than the French. Like the French are like, honestly, if I, I got to like find it, if I go just going to pull it up. But like the French are like not even, they're like kind of like right underneath, you know, maybe like 50%. Like French have a losing rate, but like not as bad as like the Malians or a Bassett. It's crazy. I thought that the Abbasid, with all the tech changes and the different ways to play, I'm pretty, I thought they'd be, you know, kind of back on top again. But yeah, so basically, wrap it up. Uh, going to this, it's a, it's a, it's a seventy thousand dollars tournament. It's pretty cool because it gives like you look different player base. I'm not like different, like gives different players maybe that you don't really see too much in like the top. Gives them opportunity to, like you know stretch their legs out, try new strategies out. And it's cool for the viewing experience too because. When you watch it, you know, you're seeing something you don't really see. If you say, for example, if you play ladder and you watch pro players play the ladder, you know, you're saying like with the uh, fast start frenzy with the 12 villagers, it, uh, you know, it made the games faster and it's a little more entertaining to watch. And now with these off meta content, uh, you will see, uh, my fault, excuse me, off meta combat, you will see players on maps you never see them on. Like you'll see, I'm saying, you'll see French and like Delhi on like Baltic. Like you never see that. You'll see, like, you know, Roos on, like, Pit, you know, Delhi on Pit. And, like, that's just something you don't really see too much on the ladder, in my experience, at least. And it's cool. And after that, of course, you know, you get the playoffs. So, um, the last four players, and there's no gimmick to that, no type of special rules. The four players in the playoffs play, and the one on top. And I think the, the total price was 7000 but I think the top play is, like, seventeen grand because uh, the owner of the Discord, I'm not fond of not Discord, owner of the uh the run of the tournament, he pays out everybody in the tournament, like from the very bottom. They get like a hundred bucks. Like, so it's pretty cool how he does it. But anyway, so everyone in the end makes a little bit. But yeah, that's a, that's going to lead to. It's going to be pretty sweet every weekend. I think the next four weekends coming up. Nice. Well, thanks for that, Sir Neffles. So oh, gotcha. Looking for that. That'll be on ECG TV for anyone who's wondering. I'm pretty sure most anyone who, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know about that though. So... <laughs> Hopefully you're already aware of that. That's a tournament going on. I, I've been following. I've watched a couple of those games. It's been some fun things. I did see, and we're going to talk about this later after our break and our game show we're doing here in a minute. I did see some Grand Theft Venison from 3DB against. Oh, yeah. uh, I think it was Marine Lord actually. Did see some mm-hmm. uh, Grand Theft Venison from the Malians. I will be talking about that later today. <laughs> but first, before yeah. we get to that point, we do have a game show I've prepared for you guys. So. Step right up. Come on down and you're going to spin that wheel. Jokes, there's no wheel. Uh, However, I do have a list of 20 (laughs) questions. Oh, man. And we're going to say that each point is worth a sheep. Trying to keep the theme of the podcast here. Whoever ends up with the most uh, sheep at the end obviously would have the most food and therefore win the entire game, as always happens in age, right? 
That's how it works. Okay. This is how I'm I going do it. I'm going to do scouts. scouts. All right, all right, all right. Should I, should I close on AOE4 World? Should I get it down? Yeah, 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 okay. AOE4 World is banned. You may not pull yeah. it up on your screen. I should have said nothing. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got 20 Alexa. questions. <laughs> Alexa, how much does wheelbarrow cost? <laughs> oh, if we're going off that, oh, I'm losing. It, yeah, I expect I expect you guys to lose a lot. Um, I I'm, <laughs> I might have to start doing multiple choice if you guys do really bad. The questions get more difficult. However, okay. here's how it's gonna work. Oh, I'm, we're gonna alternate players, so I think we'll start with mm -hmm. B. Will take question number one, then it'll go certain okay. levels to question number two. If one of you gets a question wrong, the other has one shot to try and steal it for a sheep. So he oh, right. with the most right. sheep at the end wins. And now, now, if you get the question right, you'll hear this. And if you get it wrong, I, I really debated which voice line to use for this. Uh, I decided to pick the most dramatic villager death sound I could find. And I think Abbasid has it. So here it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. what you'll hear if you get it wrong. Abbasid Bill's dying. What? What do they got like that? Here, 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 here it is again. I expect we'll hear it a Whoa. lot. There's a I couple forgot, of voice lines. That one was like, the I most dramatic, have. I think. I, I think Delhi might have yeah, some dramatic ones, but it was, I, I've always noticed in my games against Abbasid, they have some most dramatic villager deaths. So yeah, there we go. I play as Abbasid. Yeah, that's crazy. The way my villagers get raided with Abbasid, I should know that. Like what? I did not even realize they died that violently. Okay. Yep, it's pretty great. It's I, I usually you only notice that when you like, Kill one from very like it's a single villager walking, and then you kill them. They just oh. kind of they, they like flop on their knees and die. Like you, you know. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Beal. Question that we got. Right. I got twenty questions, so it's ten each essentially. Question number one is: How much does wheelbarrow cost? Uh, wheelbarrow is uh, fifty f wood, hundred and fifty gold. All right, that is a sheep for Beal. Wow, starting off strong. Way to Dang. go, way to go. Yeah, he had that one ready to go. Oh, man. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I almost <laughs> said food instead of wood. I, <laughs> I food. Yep, yep, it is 50 wood, 150 gold. All right, I question. 125. All right. Yep, oh, question no. two is going to go now to Sir Neville's. We are now 1-0. Right. Sir Neville's, right. how much is double broadaxe? This is a feudal age upgrade for wood. <sighs> they got cheaper with the update. <clears throat> I'm going for it, dude. I'm, no, I'm pull, I pulled these off. I pulled these off of AOE4 World, so they are as of this week should be up to date. So I'm glad. Twenty-five, 25 gold, seventy-five wood. <laughs> <laughs> it is fifty food, one hundred wood. Can I Isn't stop? Gold? Can I oh wait, I shouldn't have said it. I should have said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have said it. I just said no, it. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, 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 I gotta make sure you can steal it next time. That's on me. There's no gold. Uh, not oh, the double broadaxe. It's hundred food. What? Fifty food. Wood. Wait, wait. Let me double check. Let me double check Wait. now. Now no, I'm starting to question. Double broadaxe. I'm pretty sure is a food gold tech. It I should be. Yeah. It yeah. It should be. Yeah. It is. It's fifty Those... food. Fifty food. hundred gold. So same numbers. Oh, it's wrong, way more expensive than I thought. Way more expensive than I thought. Yeah. That's hundred gold. That's why. That's why. This is why I get my upgrades. This is why. Okay. All right, and now we go to Beal. Question number three. We, you have one sheep to Sir Neville's zero sheep. Your scout's doing a good job so far. Question is, how long does textiles take to finish its research? Yeah. How many games do I actually research? You know, I'm actually going to bring that yeah. up in after the break. That's actually one of the technologies I wanted to talk about later today, too. But how long yeah. does it take? 
Uh, see, by the time, if I'm getting textiles, we're going late in a game. Uh, and it's something I'm picking up because I've got multiple TCs and some exposed vills. Uh, gonna throw out 20 seconds. Oh! On top of it, it takes as long as it takes for a villager to be produced, so... Dude, who do you think you are? So you're losing <laughs> one villager in the space of time it takes to get textiles, so that... I, I used to think it was never worth it until you had two TCs. I still think it's probably worth waiting for two TCs, but we'll talk about that later. It's not as long as... I, I thought it'd be 40 seconds, so I was kind of surprised about that. Okay, really quick, so maybe my mindset's different. I thought it'd be more worth it with just one TC because you can't replenish them as easier. I don't know. Maybe we can, we can, we can discuss. We can discuss. Yeah, there, really, there is yeah, definitely okay, some... Yeah. Okay, that is yeah, our topic today, so... Save that for later, okay. All right. Uh, I am. I feel like, Sir Nevels, you're getting some of the harder ones. They do get harder for Sir for Beal as well. <laughs> but, uh, but this is also a tech I want to talk about, um, and you might not know this one. I would not know this one off the top of my head. How much oh, is professional scouts... Dude, we haven't, I haven't used professional scouts since I was like freaking, oh man, a young lad. Oh, okay, professional scouts. So that's obviously got some gold involved. I know it's a little, they make it cheaper. If you oh, get within 50 Lord. resources, I'll actually give it to you because it's pretty tough. This is a tough one. You've had two tough ones you don't, in a row. You don't, got, you don't got, you listen, man. You know, you, I appreciate it, man. You know, if I take an L, I'll take an L. You got, you okay, bring Keep me honest, I like it. Get that video yelling at me. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm keep it moving, okay. So I'm gonna go with, buy some gold. I'm now go keeping with, in mind that it's a food, it's a food upgrade. So keep that, okay, that's your one tip. Okay, yeah, okay, my one tip's okay. So we need food, but I know it's probably some gold involved. So I won't use food because it's for food. That, that was, yeah. Yeah, for, okay. So, okay. Wait a minute, no, no. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't memorize any of the tech upgrades. So I'm, I'm I guess I decided to go. I'm so off. Everybody's back. I think I'm slow. Okay, 125 gold. You said food upgrade. So, like, let's say 275 food. Uh, it'd be, be wood, not food, because it's four. Oh, food. no, wood. Okay, well, yeah. then, so, so what I say? One, two, 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 like 125 gold, I think is what you said. Yeah, and I say what? 275? So, 275 wood. Oh, you're, my you're, Lord. it's, it's you're, yeah. you're told the total amount of resources is actually close, uh, oh, but but not there. Okay. Beal, do you want to try and steal this right, one, Beal? So I I gotta I gotta come clean. I've got the podcast outline Google Doc up. Oh no! You've you written the cost of that. I, it's because we're talking about this one. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right. How much uh, is it then, Beal? You won't, 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 yeah. All right. It, it is seventy-five yeah. wood and two hundred and seventy-five gold. Now I think the oh, I think the wood amount is fair. The gold amount is really expensive, and I'm going to yeah, talk about the merits of this later. Bill, I appreciate you keeping it honorable. You just got me out of there. All right, Bill, you have. I think Bill, you're at two sheep. Is that right? Yep. Two sheep. And now, Sir Neville's, there's plenty of game left, and this one's a tough one right. for Bill. So, Bill, what is in the map? Bill, what does extended lines do? This is the fishing upgrade, of course. Lines. Yeah, this is the first fishing upgrade. What does it do? Uh, it. I don't think it increases capacity on the ship. I think it just increases. I think it increases fishing ship movement speed and gather rate. Do I need to give you a percentage? Uh, if you want, I'm going to. You're already wrong. <laughs> okay. If Sir Neville's going to give me at least what the basics does without even the numbers, I'll count it because fishing is is an interesting one. Can you take a guess, Sir Neville's? Yeah, it was, uh, what was it? Say one more time. Uh, extended lines. This is the first fishing upgrade for your fishing ships. 
It just extends the gather rate of fish rate by like what, like ten percent or something. That's my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> Extended lines increases the gathering rate of fishing chips by twenty percent and increases the carrying capacity by ten. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Wait, so are we saying too much? Should we just left it like yeah. I know? Like, yeah. We said, I said, why did I say ten percent? You said I need percent. I'm over telling myself. You should have just said it helps your fishing ships. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I guess. <laughs> oh Dang gosh. It. Yeah, I didn't think it increased capacity, but I yeah, guess uh, it's, a good text. it's one of those texts that I, yeah, don't typically, like, I'll take it, and but I'm not seeing, like, the 44 coming back into the docks. I don't know. Yeah, and that's, I, I, that's another one. These, these are very top of questions. I was going to talk about fishing upgrades, too, and, like, water upgrades in general, because I don't pay a lot of attention to those. Dude. I usually I usually get extended lines when I'm on a dock because I know it does yeah, help increase. I get that it's, one. For it's sure. worth the money. I think it is worth the money. Anyways, question six goes to Sir Neville's here. Uh, we're still oh, two yeah. sheep to zero sheep. This one's a okay. bit easier. It's how much do the mining and farming upgrades increase gathering rate by? We're looking for a percentage. Yeah. So like so, uh, so, so they're the same. Yeah, they're the same. It's like the okay. fertilization and like double. Uh, Double broadaxe both do the same increase in gathering rate. Like 15%? The 15%? Hey, there's a sheet for you, Sir Neville. Let it go. 15%. Here we go, man. I'm scouting a little better. Let's get it. And fun fact, I think that's each uh, age it does it too. Because in the feudal age, it's 15%. In castle, it's an additional 15%. Yeah. And I think in the imperial age, it's an additional 15%. I think that was the only one I actually researched and knew. Like, I don't ever look at the percentages or like the food costs. I just go. All right, just going go. on to Beals. Now we're down to two sheep to one sheep. See, you can still win this. We're on question seven of 20. So we're, we're getting through this. We're already almost halfway through. Uh, Beal, how much does fertilization this cost? This is the food gathering upgrade two of three. So this is the castle age. Two of three? Yeah, oh. this is the castle age upgrade for food. The fertilization, it's got the nice little scythe on it. I think it's Q right. over the mill. How much mm -hmm. does that cost in, in the castle age? See, it's, it's something I would pay attention more in the in the feudal age for the feudal age upgrade, mm -hmm. but the castle age. At that time, uh, typically, if I'm going to research it, it's more of the fact that I'm running low on food and I've got enough wood and gold. Uh, it is wood and gold. Why don't we say hundred wood, two twenty five gold? You are so close, but. <laughs> You got the wood number right. Uh, Sir Neville, can you steal? Try and see if you can steal what the gold number is oh, for it. Hey, wait, so we got the wood right. Now you gave me half the answer. Because uh, you got it right. It's, oh. it's, it's close. Oh, what, what okay, okay. Oh, so was like, oh, we can steal like that? So if he gives me a little bit of help, I can, okay, so got the 100 wood. How much gold? 250 gold. That is 250 gold. 100 wood, 250 gold. Dude, hey, I'm sorry, Bill. You kind of you kind of stepped me up with your sets on that one, dude. I would have never got that. Brought okay. you halfway there. That's okay. Now, now, now it's <laughs> Neville's turn for an upgrade he probably never thinks about. So we're two and two, I think. We're two and two. Sir Neville's. Oh, try to it up. Sir Neville's, uh, what do the Imperial Eco upgrades cost? Now, this is for mining, food gathering, and wood gathering. They all cost the same in the Imperial Age. That final upgrade, how much do they cost? Oh, you mean that uh, age I never even reached? Okay, uh, let's go. All right. How much do they cost? So they're all universal, same price? Uh, well, one has, it's the same numbers. Uh, you just swap out food and wood and food, depending on uh, what the upgrade is. So you want me to go individually per tech? Yeah, so it it's going to be it's gonna be a wood slash food cost, 
and then there's gonna be a okay. gold cost. Okay. Which is just the so, one. Just if you, it's the same number. So as long as you give me the right numbers. Okay. 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 I got what you're saying. Okay. Oh, so maybe it scales. Maybe it's like, dude. I feel like I I want to go more expensive than I think. Oh, so maybe for like one. It can be like you said one's like a food slash gold. Uh well they're all they all have a gold cost. That is Okay, yeah, a, yeah. A large well, gold cost. The one, and, then, the wood. and then the others have like wood slash food. So like you can okay. say number wood slash food and number for gold. And that would that, okay. that's what we're looking for. Okay. They cost, they cost the same number of resources. Okay, I got you. So maybe one oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. So one it's probably 75 food. Seven, I'm sorry, I'm saying five food. Excuse me, 700. And, I want to go 50. Okay, no. 750 food and 500 gold. Oh, you man. actually have the. Okay, I'm going to do the same thing for Beal as I did for you. You got the gold number. The gold number okay, is correct. 500 gold is correct. Your uh, wood slash food number is oh wrong. Okay, so I'm going to. What's the pattern? It was what 25, 50 for the other resource in the other ages. So I'm going to just say 100, either wood or food. Uh, 100 wood, it was for the second, the castle age upgrade. This one is 250 wood or food, and then always 500 gold. Okay. Oh, so the, wow. gold, the gold cost ends up being the, the biggest uh, thing you got to pay for. That's like 750? Yeah, you think you did. You oh, said wow. a lot. Now, now there, are, there are some, there are, uh, there are some techs that cost close to that in gold. So we'll get to those okay. later. I think okay. we're still two and two as far as sheep goes, right? Yep. Okay, we're, we're about halfway. How, okay, this, this question was to Sir Neville's. This one now goes to Beal. Beal, how long do arrow slits or or fortifying outposts slash sprinkle emplacement technologies take to research on an outpost. Yeah, I never build defenses. They're all, they're all the same. They're all the same. Yeah. Surprisingly, not as long as you might think. I'll, uh, I'm going to say 30 seconds. Yeah, 30 seconds. Not too long to get up. Oh, you're so yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's three sheep to be able, two for Sir Nevels. Might need to get that second scout out. Oh, man. All right, here you go, uh, Sir Nevels. Now, for this question, this is we're talking about now blacksmith upgrades. Okay. Um, now, for the we're talking this. Well, the question is, how much do the first tier blacksmith upgrades cost? For we're talking like for steeled arrow, uh, for uh, what are the other ones called? I forget. But like just just the the, the, the those four mesh. core. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking. We're not talking like the the siege one. We're not talking the, uh, yeah. the production speed one. We're just talking the actual. Armor and attack upgrades for tier one. Man. The first ones you can get uses often too. I never looked that long it takes. So probably so. There's uh, there's obviously the the first cost being one of the lesser resources. Then there's a gold cost. So I'm gonna give you the cost of the time to research. Uh, the cost. Oh, I forgot you know this too. Oh, one second. I do this all the time. What's going on, Reggie? Okay, so cost. Oh man, dude, you got my dude. I I just, I probably should read this outline more because I'm like, oh, Gosh, I should have told you guys to oh, study oh, yeah. up a little bit. No, no, actually, you're right, you're right, but like, actually, no, it didn't matter because I would have never even, I don't know what's, I would have overstudied and like, okay, so 
man, what is it? I'd be just oh, as bad as you guys I, at this, so don't don't feel too bad. Like I, I was looking at these, going, man, I didn't know half of these. I was doing some studying this week. Yeah, so usually it's it's wood, it's wood and gold for blacksmith upgrades. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're on par. So yeah, I got my whole, you know that like uh, that always sunny in Philadelphia. You know that little meme. I got the uh, I'm going to calculate. So I'm go I'm go one twenty five gold and. No, mm, fifty wood. Nice, oh, nice. Let's go. I was supposed to say seventy five wood. I nope, was gonna 50, say, fifty wood, one twenty five gold for those basic upgrades for I think tier that's one. The same as uh, I think it's the same as fresh food stuff. I think it that, might that's be. Got, yeah, the nice thing is that most of these have pretty nice tiered numbers. They're like all like increments of like twenty five for the most part, which is nice. Still talking about the blacksmith upgrades here, actually. Your question, Beal, is how long does a standard first tier blacksmith upgrade take to research? Again, those are the first, those core four upgrades. How long do those four like, ones take? I mean, if we're going with round numbers, I'm going to say 30 seconds again. <laughs> nope, that is actually not nope. correct. Okay. Uh, Sir Nevels, do you want to try and take the edge and get ahead? Wait, what, what's our score right now again? Oh. I just forgot. Is it still two and two? I think it's three, 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 a barracks just because I really need those upgrades because I, I want those sooner and that's usually why is it takes it takes a full minute which wow. might not sound like a long time but in the middle of a oh, feudal okay. game that takes a, that's a long time yeah if you're not if you're not hitting that beforehand um yeah you've got to wait that minute I mean it's fine if you're researching it and then sending your longbows across the map yeah uh, but when they're already over there it's that's never going to get through in time well, that's why I always hate to see a blacksmith not being used because it takes so long to get those done. Now, that's, of course, not for counting Delhi. Delhi is a very different animal. We're talking standard oh, yeah. sieves here. But all right. So I think the next question goes to Sir Neville's. We are three and three still. Uh, Sir Neville's, I'm curious if you'll know this one or not. I'm curious if anyone will know this one. I, I think I might. I would probably get this within 5%. But how much does geometry increase trebuchet damage by? We're looking for a percentage. Increase trebuchet. That's okay. So, trebuchet damage. I'm, I don't know why my head with the batting ramps. Okay, trebuchet. It might. It might do that as well. I'm, I. I needed to double check on AOE four world. Oh, it just okay. was saying trebs, but I think this one might increase other siege damage as well. But for trebuchets in particular, yeah. what is the increased percentage of damage? Oh, uh, I think I know, but I think I'm wrong. Is it? Is it treb? Oh man, I, I'm going for it. Hundred percent. That would be the most busted tech of all time. No, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I, would, I would love that double damage. Wait, crazy. Isn't, there, isn't, there, isn't there one that, that that makes the batting rams like increase like damage by hundred? I, I think I think that's the new the new t- there's a new tech for batting rams now in Imperial Age. Oh, because I knew that, I think there's one that like blew my mind. Like, it might be like 400%. It's, it's something ridiculous and it really or makes I Rams I wanted, I wanted to say something else, but okay, I'll give Bill a chance. Yeah, I'll have to, All I'll right. Second. All right, Bill, what do you think? Is it 40%? Ah! 
No, it is 20%, only 20%. So you're only getting, basically it takes, if it takes a building five shots to get down, it'll take four. So, I mean, that's decent. When you think about it like that, that's decent, I guess. It does make things go faster, but. Yeah, four, seven, Wow, I'm going to go over estimating that thing. I was thinking 50. Okay. Yeah, it's it's still powerful though, because again, you're losing, it's one extra shot. It's free basically then, a lot faster, but Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Question number 13 goes to, I think this one's going to now, Beal. Uh, how much does Military Academy increase production speed by? And this is that, the military, this is of the blacksmith upgrade yeah. that's got the right. little flag or the trumpet or whatever it is. Ah, uh, is it 50% increase? Ah! Nope. Sir Neville's, any guesses? I feel like it's pretty, oh, pretty substantial. <laughs> it's, it, I, I forget it all the time, but it's very essential. It's very essential. Uh, oh, is that 50? Okay. I'm going to go half that, 25? Close, but no. Uh, 33% or one third. Okay. 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 We come to the odd numbers, it's over. Yeah, that, that's one. Of, that's one. Of, I, I thought that was an interesting one. I was like, oh, that's an odd percentage. And I was like, oh, it's one third. That's so one, yeah. one extra guy every three. Uh, That's think, interesting. Yeah, interesting, interesting tech. I, I didn't. I always clicked it because I, I do want the faster production speed, but I didn't really look into exactly what it does. So that, that's kind of I'm, I'm learning a lot from this game show. I that was like my thoughts. This would be a good way to learn. Yeah, I hope everyone <laughs> yeah, listening is uh, trying yeah, to play yeah, along because this is this is definitely some good stuff to learn. It'll definitely this podcast is gonna be a, it's gonna be a really experienced ladder, man. I'm yeah. seeing a lot more stuff going on. Wait a minute. All right, I think now we go to uh, this one's for Sir Neville's. How much do now? This is the same for all the upgrades I, I found under the university. They're all the same cost. Uh, again, this might they might have a food or wood cost, and then there's always a gold cost. But the numbers are the same. So how much okay. do the university upgrades cost? Okay, I know these are these a little bit more heftier. You know, these uh-huh. are the these are the big boy these ones. Are the, yep, these are the these late are the game. Sham, these are, exactly. These are the champagne of the upgrades. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. I'm going big. I feel like now I will I will give you guys a tip. Oh, I will give you, oh, I will give you guys a oh, quick, no. quick, quick quick tip. Remember that okay. the gold count the gold is almost always a bigger sum than the food or wood cost yep. for these upgrades. So oh really? Oh, I'm happy. Okay, so gold. Okay, so let's go one seven fifty gold, five hundred wood. I think you have that backwards. But oh, either I'm way, <laughs> the gold number should be bigger than the other wood number. But regardless, yeah, your numbers yeah, yeah, are wrong. Yeah, yeah. Did I say it wrong? <laughs> even, if, even, wrong. If we, even if we were flick, <laughs> flop those around, they'd be wrong. Beal, oh, do you yeah, have any maybe, guesses? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I know the gold count is 700. Um, it's just uh, because, because when it comes down to it, like, that's the one that I'm eyeballing, like, uh-huh, waiting. Uh-huh. Like, okay, when can I start researching my that, fire? That is the import- I think late game, that is the important one, and that does come at a heavy cost. I, that is correct, yeah. too, by the way. Uh, but for the for the minor resource, uh, three fifty seems too much. Three fifty seems or three hundred seems not enough. So yeah, let's say three twenty-five. Oh, you're so close! It was three hundred. Really? Uh, yeah. I almost want to give yeah. it to you because you got the gold number right, and that is the more important one at that stage. But. Yeah. The, that, that's the one that I'm, yeah, focused on when yeah. throwing up university. What do you think, Sir Neville? Should we give him the sheep or no? 
How hard line nah, is he going to be on? Don't, no. don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. Okay, okay. Not give it to him. I like it. Don't don't ask his opponent. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I keep. I think still three and three, right? Yeah. Oh, we had six. Still, oh, still at three. Okay. We're on question fifteen. We've only got oh. like five oh, questions left here, or six, including spicy. this one. Uh, this one goes to uh, I think it's to Beal this time now. How much does incendiary arrows increased range unit damage by? And then we're looking for a percentage. And this is the of course the university upgrade for yeah. them. I'm gonna say 33. It is not a third, no. So Nevels, what do you think? What's the percentage? <laughs> Dude, I feel like that like is odd. I, I like we went to 33. I think it's not above. So I think maybe. Man, I can't. I can only like think in increments of five. That's probably a, that's a good, that's a good way to go. For most of these, the increments of five yeah. is a smart way to go. Yeah. Five okay. or ten is a good way to go. Man, you got my brain doing backflips. Uh, let's say, let's say, let's say a quarter. Let's say twenty-five. Ah! Oh, not hearing man. a lot of bells today. No, it is twenty percent. <laughs> Just twenty. Oh. Close though. Man. Close. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's I see like if you that. know this one. Let's see. This is one I actually would know. This is one I was like, oh, I would know this one if it came up. Uh, so Neville, <laughs> this one goes to you. What does okay. tithe barns do? Ty Barnes increases the value. It uh, so Ty Barnes, I know this. Ty Barnes, so any every relic you have stored, it will give you food, gold, and wood. How much? Oh, I knew you were gonna do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this one, so I'm, not, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be hard on I know this one by heart. Uh, wait, so is it like individually fifty? <laughs> nope. Oh, I should have thought it more. Look at me <laughs> trying to shoot the gun. I think it's 45 resource, resources per minute. No, it is <laughs> only 30. It's 30 food, 30 wood, 30, 30 stone. What? 45. I don't know. I, if, I don't know. I don't know if HRE with regnets affects this at all. I would assume it doesn't. Because that'd be okay. broken. But I'd have to check into that. But I know that for standard sieves, it's 30 to each. Plus, it still gets uh. the gold. So. Man, yeah, dude, that that is like, I dang, I, it feels so valuable. Let me give you a thirty per resource. I mean, it, it is when you think about the stone you're getting for it. I mean, you're getting, oh, I mean, yeah, you're getting okay, three yeah. six. You're getting ninety resources extra. So considering that yeah. you only get eighty gold for a, a relic, you're doubling the relic's value essentially, and then some. The, 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 the tricky thing is you don't usually need as much food late game as you do uh, stone yeah. or maybe even wood. But it is very, it is a valuable resource. I usually always very make valuable. sure to click that one up. I think as an English guy, it's always uh, enclosures and then tithe barns if I have the relics. Yeah, it's one that I forget because uh, monastery is really not like a place, a building that I'm clicking often in the late game. Mm. Usually it's get to castle, secure the relics. Um, and I don't play a lot of civs that do that. They use monks a lot that are specialized for monks. So after I've secured however many relics I can, maybe go for some sacred sites. Uh, yeah. I just forget about my monastery. Yep, I feel that. All right, we're almost to the end here. Now we go back to uh, this question goes to who just went? Who was the question? I think it was me. It was you. I think it was, it was, it was Beal. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to Beal. All right, Beal. Well, you should. I'm hoping you'll know this one. Uh, maybe you won't because you haven't been playing a Civ as much as before, I think. But what does network, as of the patch now, what does network of Citadels increase the English speed bonus to? The 
Yep. Do you know what it's up from by chance? Up from, I think, uh, without that research, it's 10%. Close. It's 15. They didn't nerf it quite okay. into the ground. That's why I'm not upset All by right. the nerf because it's still 15%. All right. I think I put gives Lee, uh, Beal a little four sheep now to Neville's oh. three. We've oh, got cool. three questions left. Okay. Sir Neville's, you could, Sir Neville's, if you get the next two right, Sir Neville's, you, I think, at least tie. And then we might have to, like, Don't do Don't put a... the pressure on me, man. I'm about to pass out. <laughs> uh, Sir Neville's, how, how familiar are you with HRE? Uh, you know, some things, you know, sometimes good, sometimes you'll see. Do you know, what does heavy maces do? Heavy maces does, it increases, oh, I think I know this, dude. It increases damage to... Heavy units or heavy armor by plus six. Nice. Oh Increases the HRE men at arms bonus damage by against heavy Yo, targets you, by plus six. Way to go. You did that. Yo, you said, hey, man, I see you. We reconnection <laughs> You set me up for that. I like that. That's the only Kazak I actually know on HRE. So I try to fight next Levels, How much does that cost to reset? <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me close this tab real quick. We're good. <laughs> I have no idea how much that one costs. I can look it up real quick. Uh, Beal, I think we're now a four and four sheep. Uh, what does cantilled saddles do for French knights? Uh, oh god, how specific do you want me to get? Um, <laughs> as specific uh, I as you can. by 10 increases the charge damage on knights by 10. I'm gonna give that to you. It reached, yeah, it, the charge damage goes up to plus 10. It was plus three before, so. Technically, it's only by plus Increases seven, but it two. two plus ten. Okay. So I'm gonna give that to you. I thought these were getting harder. We're getting spicier towards the yeah. end. Let's go. Yeah, I know these, these were supposed to get a little harder, and you guys are doing a good job. Uh, question twenty, last one for Snevels. You gotta get us from the tie it, or Beal takes the cake here. What is the or takes a sheep? What is the health increase for battle hardened? The what? what, what, what uh, this is a weirdly worded question. So for oh, Chinese man. palace guards, there's a tech called battle hardened that increases their HP. How much does it increase it by? Oh, this is the one. This is the 10 one. 10 Tim is mauling right. right now that we're doing something about Chinese. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I don't know. It's fine. I never played China. Uh, I don't play China enough. Oh, man. So what is so what is their armor increase? Or by? How much does their health increase by? We're looking for an HP number. How much does that number HP. go up by? Hmm. Eight. <laughs> nope. Nope. Beal, do you want to see if you can just take it for, for kicks and giggles here? I don't know the percentage. I'm looking for an actual HP number. I don't know if it's a percentage. For an HP value? Yeah, HP uh, value. It's not eight. Uh, it's not eight. <laughs> <laughs> we know that much. Uh, I'm going to say 20. Close. Flat 20. <laughs> it is uh, 30. So close though, close. Dude, what am I doing? I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, health. What would eight do? That's nothing. Yeah, eight, eight for a minimal arm wouldn't be much. Yeah, I'd be like a juvenile shot. That's not cool. Yeah, that's not cool at all. Now, like, I'm not even using my brain here. Uh, yeah. That makes way more sense. Okay, yeah, I sold that one. Right. Well, I think that means Beal wins with four sheep to Sir Neville's three. But hey, you guys actually made it kind of competitive. So, I mean, these were not. To be fair. These were not easy <laughs> questions. I know most of us are familiar with around how much these cost. We know what's heavier and what's less heavy. I don't think I can name the number of both like resources for a lot Man. of these things. I've got yeah. some. You get some that you know, like the, the university upgrades cost 700 mm. gold. You get those kind of things, but. It's easier in feudal where resources are tighter for me to like just be like, okay, I know I need to get 125 gold for this <laughs> yeah, or excellent this. Excellent point. 
Um, but then by the time like Castle Age, it's just click it just it. comes <laughs> like of just like ah, uh, I guess I need more food now. I'm like I. I need to increase food production. For me, it's usually like, like oh, I'm floating resources. Let me just get some upgrades real quick and make sure I'm keeping yeah, up on those. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, we're going to take a tough. quick break. Uh, we'll have a quick little ad break and then we'll be right back. suffer from your opponent booming with too many villagers that you feel your economy just can't keep up? Do you like a good feudal age fight instead of waiting 10 minutes each game to play in castle age? Perhaps archers are giving you grief, or you're tired of that long line of traitors. Maybe siege engines are wearing you down. Hello, I'm Professor Lancelot here at the Royal Knight Institute, and I want to tell you about www.morenights.com. We here at morenights.com have worked extensively to fix these very issues and are proud to share the solution. We've worked with experts across the equestrian warfare spectrum to bring you the latest in cavalry solutions. Our approach is quite simple. First, select a stables. Second, spam the W key on your computer. Third, receive your knights in as little as 35 seconds and enjoy battlefield domination. So from the brilliant minds of the Royal Knight Institute, I urge you to visit www.morenights.com today and bring your domination to the AoE4 ladder right now. www.morenights.com is not liable for any damages incurred by running your knights into spearmen, archer pilings, or other hazards such as town center fire, boiling oil, and cannon emplacements. Morenights.com is also not liable for rage quitting opponents, games ending faster, or when reaching platinum one inevitably goes to your head. All knights should be handled with care. Visit www.morenights.com for more details. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed your adverts. Now we're here to, we, we've already been going for about an hour. Uh, amazing that that's, actually, no, we, we're almost an hour. We're getting up there. Uh, this will be a long episode, but our main discussion today is, of course, we've been talking about upgrades, had our game about upgrades. We're talking about the worst upgrades and technologies in AOE 4, and maybe our thoughts on what could make them viable again, if at all. Um, now, I guess the first question is, what are the worst upgrades? I've got one. I think no one will disagree that professional scouts is probably one of the worst upgrades right now. Uh, mm -hmm. It's hard to know when you get the value of it. I don't know if you guys have any others you want to talk about. This will be kind of an open discussion. Maybe we'll just dive into professional scouts to start off. Yeah, they start with that. I'm, I'm going to look at some. Yeah. yeah so first of all, right. professional scouts, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, allows your, it makes your, buffs up your scouts so they can now one-shot deer, which is nice, especially if you like your roost. That'd be great, you know. Uh, one-shot deer, and then you have the ability to pick up those deer and bring them back to your town center and drop them off as you please. Uh, the problem with this tech, I love this tech. I think some of the funniest moments in Age Empires 4 competitive scenes have been when people have used this tech and done the good old deer yoink or the Grand Theft Venison. I think it's a lot of fun to see, but it costs 75 wood, which isn't too bad, but then it costs 275 gold, which in the feudal age when this tech becomes available, Actually, is it, a feudal, it might be a feudal age, I think. I think it's a feudal yeah, age. It's available. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it's available in Dark Age. I don't, I don't think it is. So in, in feudal age, though, 275 gold is a hefty sum to give up for a tech that also takes, I think it takes like a minute and a half for it to be researched. And, I mean, there's also other things like you can only hold one deer with a scout. Yeah, you also so have you to have scouts. If you take an entire pack, uh, you need mass mm -hmm. scouts as well so it, it does come down so my 
my thoughts on this, uh, the reason why it's so specific to a couple of sieves is because the conditions that you need for this to be effective at all. And you need something that can cover the high gold cost. You need a reason to have seven scouts, only two sieves that could meet those conditions. I know that Mollians is one of them. Yeah, and Mollians. And Roos being the, yeah. Um, Because you're going to have additional scouts as Roos anyway. You're going to have at least three, and building them from the hunting cabins isn't going to be an opportunity cost really elsewhere. Just the food cost. So that's fine. With Mollians, the warrior scouts are better scouts anyways, so they could be part of your military. But... You also need to cover that gold cost. The gold as cost well. is hefty. Well, and, and the wood cost isn't too bad, but you've got, like you mentioned, you have to have the infrastructure to make, you have to put 150 wood into for a stable. Then you've got to make, or, or something equivalent to make scouts. I guess for a roost, they have the yep. hunting cabins. So that makes it a lot easier, I think, for roost, which is why it's one of the two sieves, I think, that can use this semi-regularly. But I did some math. If you guys don't mind me getting a little technical here, I did some oh, math okay, looking into this because I was, I was curious because I... I had a fun game I was playing with. I think it was, uh, might have been my brother-in-law. It might have been my, uh, or Tabith. I forget who. But I was playing a game where I was playing HRE. It was on, uh, what is that one, that map that has the mountains and the woodland and you're really close together? Mountain Clearing. I was on Mountain Clearing. I was playing as HRE. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for the YOLO Professional Scouts. And I yoinked all the deer. It was so much fun. It was a ton of food. <laughs> this, this can have a huge payoff in certain situations, but it's just so easy to... That the, it takes so long to get your monies back. And let me do let me do the math here for you guys. So each mm-hmm. deer gives you 350 food. And it's one of the faster gathering rates in the game. So 350 food, and they tend to spawn in groups of seven deer. Doing some quick math, that's about 2,450 food per deer pack. So if you're doing it for just one deer pack, you're putting in uh, a good, I think I did some math. It was like 150 for the uh, wood for the stable to get the, Get the deer if you're a standard sieve that doesn't have any other way to making scouts. And then you've got to invest a good, it's like seven. So you need like three or four scouts at least. So multiply that by 60. It, it turns into a lot of food. You're, you're netting maybe a thousand food. 1,700 food is what I was getting out if you get one deer pack. Now, of course. Yeah, but you're also denial. Uh, the denial. Is- yeah, that's something to consider too. If you're getting just the deer pack next to your base, not worth it. Not worth it at all. However, if, you, if you're getting two or three deer packs, that number starts looking really good. I mean, 2,400 times like three is going to be two, four, six, like seven or 8,000 food. And especially if you deny it from your opponent, that Grand Theft Venison, that could be a swing. Again, the hardest part though for this though is that it's just not viable for most civilizations at all because right. of that gold cost and the amount of time mm-hmm. it takes to research. So what do we, I mean, and what do you do like with other civs? What do you do after the fact with seven scouts? Like Molly yeah. can. Yeah. Add them to an army because they're warrior scouts. I mean, Roos is already going to have multiple scouts, so it's not terrible to add a few more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, try throwing your army and give you some, uh, some just like some viewings, a little bit of sight. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have a lot of scouts. Seven scouts seems a little, a little too much for an English player. Uh, I mean, yeah, post them up across the map, but. Might not be the best, uh, wisest use of the resources. Anyways, uh, I mean, what you could do, like the Roos and Molly, 
can certainly use this for against um, sieves that want to delay the farm transition as long as possible. So effective against the French who yeah. love to just blob out on the map, take all the food, all the food that they can effective against like Ottomans too, who also like the map control don't want to like, they don't get a berry bonus. So deer are certainly the better choice. If you can force um, out Anatolian Hills, that'd be, that feels pretty good. If you force out Anatolian Hills against Ottomans, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially if they don't want to go Anatolian Hills, like, and playing Ottomans, there are some times where Anatolian is is the choice, like against French. It's it's so good against French. But if you don't have to take that tech, mm. uh, it's better not to. So uh, what do we do to make this? I mean, I obviously I, I asked Blade five 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 what his thoughts were, and he did not want this to be a viable tech. He did not like the idea of no. being viable. Uh, I, I'm I, sure some I, pros don't. I mean, do we? I, I I think it's just so much fun to see. But we they run the risk of it being the only meta as well if it's too powerful. What do we do to make this maybe more viable? Or should it only be viable for just Roos and Malians? Or should it be more no. viable for others? No, it should be an absolute edge case tech. Uh, I think... <laughs> I, I don't want to see games where this is researched all the time and it turns into a mini game of deer stealing. Um, <laughs> see, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree, I disagree yeah. dude. I love it. Okay. Okay, like, so, like, when the game, okay, first of all, I think professional scouts, if you ask me, the fact that, because it comes out of your, it's a technology, was that your stable? Uh, it comes out of your mill. Your mill. Okay, I think that, I think that is a little, okay, this is how it balances it. If if it's going to be that expensive and take that long to research, I believe when the game first launched, and I'm probably in a very much a minority with this one. I believe them slowing down the scouts made it not as viable as it used to be. When the game first came out, professional scouts, like it would be like, it was like a, a racing game. Like it was a race. Like maybe because a lot of people disagree because a lot of people like that when you pick up because of certain civilizations, certain civilizations had a more of an advantage because for example, the, uh, the, um, no, actually I'm actually drawing a blanker because no, I'm thinking about the warrior monks. No, yeah, yeah, make the scouts faster again. I, I, I believe that it made more of a grand, uh, grand way called Grand Theft Venison, because at that point in time, the games had professional scouts were more viable. Like I feel like they kind of died out once they became slow. Once they became slow, it just it was never worth it. It took forever, and then like you know you got your, your scouts jogging across the map. And like you said, it just like and then you kind of like it didn't even feel worth it. You made all these scouts, spent all this money getting these scouts, delaying your TC possibly, or if you, the hunting cabin is a little bit different. But most, you know, most uh, not, oh my excuse, me, I said TC, excuse me, uh, delaying like you know your uh, why am I bugging on the stables? You're delaying your stables, and you know it don't sometimes it doesn't feel worth it. But I feel like if scouts, if scouts can actually move fast again with the hunt on their back it would be more viable. It would be a lot more viable because the only reason why people stopped doing it, once they got slow, you, they can get interrupted so heavy and it just didn't seem worth it again. So you ask me what I feel is a big issue. Yeah, you got to, if not as fast as they used to be because they used to take off. They used to take off and take hunts. But maybe give them like in between what they were and what they are now. And maybe decrease that cost a little bit because that's pretty expensive. 
Maybe yeah, it's going 275 on, gold like, is, is rough. I, I feel yeah, like maybe, maybe if it was yeah. 200 gold, I, I'd feel a, yeah. a bit better. I don't know. I, I just don't want games where <laughs> I don't want I don't want professional scouts to be a choice in every single game. I like okay. it as the niche tech. Um, I like it as oh you you take a look at the map, you see where the deer packs are. You you're either Roos or Molly, and you're like, you know what, you know what, I bet. I can really screw with my opponent. Um, <laughs> put in the investment because you got to make the hard decision if the investment is a lot. Uh, so, like, ah, you know what? I really could just deny these from my opponent. I am going to spend the resources and the time to make enough scouts to actually go for this and do this. Um, instead of just, I don't want it every game where. Oh, look, he's stealing my deer. I'm stealing their deer. And mm. even if it's like, like, I don't want to see French playing with professional scouts. Yeah, I, don't want to see, I, I do. I do. I do agree with that. Yeah. I think it's it's not mm. something I think because it used to be everyone just did it. It felt like every single I mean, Roos was on top of the game, too, back then. It felt like a lot of people went for professional scouts. I think at this point, though, it feels like it's just dead. And I don't love that yeah. either. I kind of agree that I wouldn't want to see this be the main meta. I would love to see maybe instead of, I feel like only two civilizations even have a viable option with it. It'd be nice to see maybe if a sivered, maybe like two or three, like maybe three, three or four civs total had a more viable use of this. Uh, of this Maybe like one yeah, or two others had maybe a, a slightly cheaper gold option, it's especially civs that might struggle in other economic ways. I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. a civ I, I so, enjoy watching though, or a tech I so, like to see. If you if you had to choose a sieve and give them an additional sieve bonus on a patch where they got cheaper professional scouts, what sieve would that be? That's a good question, isn't it? What is? I mean, Molly. I think Molly is in a good place with it. Oh, they yeah, are. Make I agree. Better. Make better. Good place with it. But if you had to pull another sieve into into the professional scout world, you think you'd give the bonus to? I mean. It makes sense from a flavor perspective, giving it to the Mongols. Yeah. Mm. Um, because I also think it'd be kind could, of fun for HRE. They could double produce scouts. Um, gold cost would be a little bit, but going in like raiding to actually take the deer back home. Oh, it'd be so great. Fit, fits thematically with uh, Mongols. Uh, so if yeah. they were to get a little, uh, you know, if you built you built a gur around an uvu you could get like improved professional scouts and now honestly i'm oh wow searching this right now to see if this isn't already okay. i've i've got i've but got i've got a sieve i'd like a, to see this with i'd like to see a viking sieve be super viable with professional scouts oh dude don't even start on viking sieve i got so many ideas for a viking <laughs> I, I think i think besides that i agree with mongols maybe having a more viable maybe hre having just a little see, bit more oh, viability with it i disagree with that i disagree with the hre because they're going to get that castle even faster. They're going to drop it off the yeah, Akin Chapel, yeah. and they're going to go even more insane. I don't know. I think, like, I see what you're saying, the HRE. Like, but I remember, like, well, when the Akin Chapel first became a turn-in, a gathering spot, like, a lot of people were getting, like, literal, oh, like, seven-minute castles by just building the Akin Chapel on the deer. What and if, just, what if, hear me out, what if it was only in the Minework yeah. Palace? Ooh. It was like, it was like, what if it was a slightly cheaper tech in the Minework Palace? Ooh, now you're getting spicy. Now you're getting spicy. Yeah, but that's such a that's such a risk. I, I mean, for HRE to 
build but, but it'd be weird though too though because i the the minority palace is like more of like a military upgrade so uh, it's, yeah it's, it's, but i mean but scouts but now i wait now i hear you because mine work into stables uh-huh is the feudal oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. you guys are hearing me oh because the armor uh, for stable units that are already present in mine work That'd be uh, a tough okay. choice then. Then, then, then the build yeah. would be going into mineworks work stables, taking the deer so you can sustain your economy at home and you could then be a, a more aggressive sieve instead of just a tanky kind of castle up with Aachen and just boom. Yeah, that would change, it would change oh, the game yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. mineworks get even more viable. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, that's my hot take of the day. You might be changing my mind on it now. One second. <laughs> Okay. See, and it would only okay. be recently only have that bonus be in the mine work. Have it be like instead yeah. of two seventy five gold, have it be like one seventy five gold. Like just just like just enough to make right. it like worth it. Get this man a contract. Let's go. <laughs> I'm here all day, relic. If you want to sign me on, I'm, I'm willing. Uh, well, let's move on from professional scouts. Uh, I want to talk a bit about the Imperial Age mining upgrade. Um, mm-hmm. I watched an agent noob back when this, this used to cost 700 gold. It is now 500 gold to get this upgrade. There's a couple, even still, I asked a couple of, uh, big guy streamers, you know, and they all said, I hardly ever use this, uh, this upgrade. It's the Imperial aging mining. And the, the problem is it costs 500 gold and you're using it to mine more gold. The second problem is yeah. it increases the gathering rate, but then you're at, at late game Imperial age when you're mining gold. You run out of gold veins. Trade becomes your main source of gold. So this is, I think, one of the worst upgrades in the game. I don't know that I've ever really gone for it unless I'm on like maybe French Pass is the only time I might consider it. What do you guys think? Yeah, that makes I, sense though. Don't I think agree. Work like this. I also I I rarely like the Castle Age uh, eco upgrades are also kind of conditional to to where I am and. Castle Age eco upgrades for me are mo- more of a question of is my eco out of balance? Yeah, I and think I think the exception of the food. I feel like I think fertilization is probably the one because you're going into a farm transition. That's that benefits it massively. I would say that's one that is really good. That is true. Uh, for that like the, the the wood upgrade in the Castle Age, I agree with this as well. It might it starts wondering if it's even worth it. I I see. I'm actually thinking about something else that makes I feel it makes it even worse too. Is that uh when when it increases the uh, gather rate, it also makes so you you will run out of gold faster. Like you will use your gold vein up even faster, which I think is even more detrimental to the uh to the upgrade. I've had that I mean, thought, you know, but then at least that gold's fine. in the bank. Yeah, yeah, but like I want to use that up. See now, see now, I like me for example, like I like I would like to like spread out my bills more so. If it comes down to me, like the gather rate, yeah, it's going to your bank. But then eventually you're using up more of the gold on map. So you got to make a transition either to trade or something even faster. Like, yeah, it's going to your bank, but the amount of money it costs 500 gold, like one, two, and then, oh, okay, the research is not that bad, but 500 gold. And then you're like, you know, you're going through the gold mines even faster. So, like, how, first of all, you probably, you probably pay it back pretty fast. You but don't actually. I, that's actually the problem is you don't. And this is the biggest problem with that. Is oh. it takes Because each of these upgrades is 15% increase to gathering rate. So in the very first age, that's a pretty good increase. Then you're going to plus 30 yeah. and then plus uh, 45. 45. Which is it's it's good, but like you run it out of the gold. Interesting, because so the way Age of Empires 2 did it, um, 
it was like a 10% increase in gathering rate in feudal, and then like 20% increase. So it wasn't 15, 15, 15. It was much bigger increases in gathering rates in later ages to deal with the additional costs. Mm, yeah, so whereas here the costs exponentially go bigger, but not the increase. Like, yeah, invest into eco-upgrades because it would pay itself back off quicker um, because the gathering rates to the higher levels of eco-upgrades uh, were much bigger than in AOE 4. Mm. Yeah, I, I've I've looked up a couple of things on this, and everything I see is that because a lot of things you got to think when you're getting a technology, uh, with the exception of like the military upgrades for eco upgrades, it's gonna take. There's gonna be a time where the resources you invested are gonna take some time to pay it back, and then start giving the dividends you need. And that can, <clears> that usually is somewhere at least a couple minutes. Usually like two to three minutes is what you're looking at. This final uh, uh, imperial upgrade because of its cost, it's like six or eight minutes. It, it's up there. And it was worse when it was uh, 700 gold, but even still, it's just, you're going to go into trade and it's just not worth it. So my, my professional opinion is, I don't know what it would take to make this more viable. Um, I don't know I what mean, you can do to make it viable. Just do what you do. Just, just do what AOE2 does. You got, you got just bigger gathering rates for later techs, um, smaller mm-hmm. bonuses in feudal, bigger bonuses in imperial. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we know, man, we're not, we know, this is, we know, AOE 2. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the closest, yeah, comparison, because it is, it's basically, it's so similar uh, yeah. in, in how the games are structured yeah. that, I mean, I, I think that's how you solve it. But then it also comes down to the point where in AOE 4, it is a question of when do you want to take the eco upgrades? Because in AOE 2, it's, Automatics, like yeah, I will take every single eco upgrade mm, okay. because it's it's necessary. It, they're so good. Where in AOE four, it does become more of a question of okay, do I really think? Do I really want to spend these six minutes at a little bit of an economic disadvantage to build an advantage down the line? I think that's a more interesting question than yeah. make this viable auto pick every yeah. single time automatically going to research. I mean, there are those, there are those technologies in this game too, that are that good. I look, I think of yeah, like wheelbarrow. wheelbarrow wheelbarrow is yeah. a must. If you don't have wheelbarrow by 10 minutes, yeah, in, yeah. you've done something wrong. You should always get that one by around Six at least minutes. the 10 minute mark, depending on what save you're mm. playing. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, moving on to maybe, uh, I want to talk about water technologies for a moment too. I've, I've got a lot of things. And I, I am going to open up to you guys as well to see what sieves oh, or what techs you guys think are, are just in the trash and need to maybe be touched on. Water techs, I don't think, do we have, I, my, my big thing is I don't know how viable they are because I don't play with them. I just kind of click them at haphazardly. Uh, maybe this is on me and I just need to be better at it. But do you feel that people even have a working knowledge of these these techs? Mm. No, uh, I don't. Um, I, I mean, I thought I knew what the uh, improved lines did because <laughs> that is the water tech I take, but it's mm-hmm. rare that I take any other I mean, I'll click if it does turn into a naval battle. If I'm playing Baltic, then yeah, sure, I'll pick up the military upgrades. But I'm not. It's less of a scrutinize what exactly they do, and more of like, oh, this makes my sprinkled ships better. This makes my archer ships better. This makes my demo ships better, uh, rather than the specifics of what the actual texts do. 
Do we think it's just because we, in general, I think the community kind of has a disdain for water maps? Is that kind of why? Mm, I think I think water maps are becoming more. They're coming with, with the uh, with the update date. I don't know what season they update in, but with the balance in water, I feel like people uh, players are starting to become a little bit more fans of water based on like yeah. on the rock paper scissors method. So I believe that it is starting to become like, I think people that start turning their minds around and realize like, oh, these actually these water techs actually make a difference too now because they actually, even though our knowledge of them isn't quite there, we don't really pay, like we kind of like glance over them. They actually are very, they make giant changes to, you know, for example, your gabbing rate or just if you are defending your naval combat, like some of these, like I'm looking at some of these techs and I'm just like, I didn't even know, like, for example, like, for the HRE fire stations, like your military ships generate one health every two seconds out of combat. Basically, it's like chivalry for your ships. And I didn't even know. It's like, like I'm like, whoa, what? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Wow. Yeah, and it, it is kind of a shame that uh, a lot of the community looks down on water maps because water maps are great. I, always, I like water. I always keep one in the uh, in my ranked like mm-hmm. list to play because uh, they're always good. Like it mixes things up. Yeah, um, I, had, I, I saw really I saw a really interesting post. Uh, and this this could be a whole another topic from the other day. I just want to mention it briefly <laughs> while I have it in my mind. Someone mentioned like that water is just a bit too powerful, and I, I I've got mixed opinions on this. I I sometimes I love water, sometimes I don't. It's better now than it was. Uh, I think we can agree on that. But someone had an idea of maybe there should be two different types of docks: one for eco, and then one for military building. That way, there's a bit more of a decision-making process as to what you're doing, and I thought that was interesting. But I don't know how I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. So I I think I think the way that water is going to be solved is by the design of the maps. Like when you've got a map like Boulder Bay or Baltic with one giant area of water in the middle of the map, um, those get that's a little rougher because it just turns into Okay, who wins this? Who gets the extra food eco? Who can start building trade eco? Um, but you've got, I, I like water holes uh, or slash Kawasan as it was. Mm-hmm. I like that map a lot. Um, water holes is really cool. I'm a huge fan of any Four Lakes map where mm, yeah. you basically get to build a Navy uh, without really dealing with someone else. Like you can set up your fishing eco and not really have to defend it as much as you would um, on a Baltic map. Although there's still like opportunities for your opponent or you to set up a dock on your opponent's pond. So there's still some counterplay options, but it lets you fish in peace. I've noticed that the trend seems to be that like big open water is not a fun thing to play on, whereas smaller, more contained water is better. So I guess, I mean, that does kind of speak mm-hmm. to just that water on a, a big naval battle is not very well balanced then, whereas small naval skirmishes feel better. I love big open naval battles. I'm, I'm in a minority with that. <laughs> I think yeah. I, I think they're I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty well balanced. It's like it's literally rock, paper, scissors. I think the problem hard thing, too, is that it just feels weird seeing a bunch of ships shooting arrows at each other. For me, I just feel like that feels anachronistic to my mind. I think of like big naval battles as it being like an imperial age kind of big cannons and broadsides being a bit more like the thing but that, that's a bit for that'd be I like mean, an age five kind of deal that's where like muskets and things were a bit uh, thing you, you hit you hit age four you do get uh cannon yeah 
Get but the like, big war galleys. I mean, how often yeah. though have we had an age four naval battle on that scale though? Like it's not yeah. not common. And I think it's yeah. just water is one, and then whoever wins water tends to win the game very early, usually yep. in Castle Age. Most likely they do. You're right. Um, my final tech I've got is I was got we were gonna talk about this. I mentioned this earlier. Textiles. Uh, it only takes mm-hmm. 20 seconds to research. I, it is a forgotten tech that isn't used too often until, like, unless the French are really pressuring you and you're like, oh, crap, fine, let me just get textiles real quick. What are our thoughts mm-hmm. on this? Is this a good, it, it's a decent, on paper, it's a decent looking upgrade. Uh, in case you guys don't know, it's 20 seconds to research and it takes, I think it's plus, what's that, I think 20% textiles. Let me take a look real quick. Textiles uh, increases villagers' health by plus 25. Pretty decent thing to have. Uh, it costs 50 food and 100 gold. So not terribly but enough that early because you can get it right off the bat i believe i think it's available in feudal age so that's a it's a hefty sum to pay available in dark. no no it's uh, available in feudal oh really okay i believe so that I, i'm once again confusing this with uh and we we can go back to aoe 2 versus aoe 4 uh, here you go here yeah. you go dude <laughs> where you, you compare this with loom in aoe 2 which yeah. is a must take you must take loom for your villagers, which gives extra HP and some uh, additional armor for the vills. And it comes out of the town center and it's at the cost of producing a villager uh, where textiles is more of a situational pick. I think Yeah, uh, I usually try again, and get it right. Whenever I go to TCs, I usually try to queue it up somewhere in there just because I think it's good to have if you ever get raided or just anything like that later game. I try to remember it, but I've done games where I don't even get it. Mm. Done a lot of games where I don't get it, um, but I do think this is a great like anti-French tech, where you force those French knights to take one more to hit your villagers one more time uh, before they can kill them. Um, I feel like it, it saves a lot more villagers than otherwise against early French rushes. Mm. What do you think, I, I believe it. I believe it's a. Uh, I believe it's underrated. I I think that because like I mean I've almost experienced this firsthand. Obviously, like I have a little bit of problem walling up, a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of an issue uh, really protecting my economy. But I mean textiles, it's like it, I feel like it just pays back. I mean because your economy is so important. Like I mean like it just even and like I'll research it. It is kind of more so like situational because like you get like you know if you're playing like China or a civilization that booms more, usually not trying to like you know rage your economy off rip. But I feel like it's something that it uh you know I mean it doesn't scale. That'd be kind of cool if it scaled, you know, but mm-hmm. you know it, it's like that's where I feel like it could do a little better. Cause like you know early game textiles is like it, it, especially against the French you know English you know, or maybe Mongol civilizations that kind of want to, like, you know, slow you down from, you know, really feudal, ships good in the feudal age and want to slow you down from aging up. Uh, I believe that textiles is very, uh, very good because, for example, like when a, a Mongol's tar rushing you, you can get textiles and you can actually fight his spearmen with your vills or burn his, like, you, your villagers can kind of become more of a weapon a little bit. And I feel that, I really feel that, you know, just from first-hand experience, just having that little extra health, protecting that economy is just, it kind of trumps. Like it's just, you, I think taking for, you take it for granted. You feel like, oh yeah, I'm just going to just like, you know, protect my bills. Like, you know, it does tower up and, or whatever the case might be. But I really feel like, you know, it, I feel like it's good, but it could be better because I really would prefer it to scale 
as you go, like obviously as your military starts doing more damage, your villagers can take more damage. I think too in Age of Empires, not to keep bringing up AoE 2, I think in AoE 2 there are tiers to upgrading your civs with your villagers with defense. Yeah, that's cool. Correctly. Uh, no, it's just no? it's just loom just from loom? the uh although yeah, one of the civs does their one of their bonuses is that all their villagers get the blacksmith upgrades as well. So and their builds get pretty tanky and mm. can also start fighting a little bit. Because I think Sir Nobles brings a good point to this. This I think it it's it reaches a point where if you have like Imperial Age knights in your base, they're doing it and they have all their blacksmith upgrades. They're hitting your vills down fast enough anyways. Textiles ain't going to make a difference, really. But there is a, a window where it is viable. I, I think for me, my biggest thing about not doing it is that I don't usually want to pin. I mean, it's, it's 50 food and 100 gold. So it costs a villager plus 100 gold, essentially. And it takes 20 seconds. To me, I thought it, I always thought in my mind it took longer because that's basically the time it takes to build one villager out of your town center. So you're delaying one, you're giving your opponent one vill lead on the hopes that he won't kill a vill if he raids you later. So I, I definitely think it's a, I don't know if it's underrated or if it's just kind of forgotten or if it's just very, very, maybe it's just more situational. Yeah, I think it's a little more situational, yeah. I think it's a little both. A little bit of both for Snevels. I think it's yeah, definitely situational. Yeah. I think sometimes I have leaned so far into not doing it. I maybe have I maybe have still underrated it personally. I think especially once you go for a second town center, my rule of thumb, I mean, I think Snevels mentioned a good point earlier uh, in our game show that like maybe when you have two town centers, you don't need it as much either because you can replace those villagers faster. So right. maybe you need it more when you have just one town center. So I, I don't know. There's <clears> definitely <throat> a lot of considerations. I'd have to really dive, do a deep dive into seeing like what, the optimal use of this is i don't because i don't really know <laughs> that's the beauty of the game who knows it's all up there all yeah, if agent Newt wants to make like, a video on textiles i'd be more than happy to watch uh, that, that, yeah that, that'd be huge but yeah i would actually like to watch that just because it's it is a tech i don't take as often as maybe i should because 100 yeah. gold isn't that much and 50 wood 50 foods not that much either and 20 seconds is super quick Mm -hmm. I, I might need to do a deep dive and maybe I'll make a, I, I'm not going to make a video, but I should take the time to really figure it out. Cause I think it's, it definitely seems a little bit underrated to me. I think that time it takes to the fact that it's such a quick one mm -hmm. makes me think that it might be more worthwhile than others, especially if you have a little extra gold or if you have something else that's getting you extra gold. And if you're getting mm -hmm. some pressure by an opponent, I definitely think it might be worth the mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I, so. I wouldn't say it's a bad tech. That's for sure. Oh, most definitely not. I feel um okay i'm gonna open up to you guys what are you what do you guys think are the worst technologies in the game right now and this could be specific this could be just anything what are some i don't play the same civs you guys play because like for me like network of citadels is a must um well, yeah, yeah that is certainly on the high end of, of yeah text. yeah, like, um, yeah I, I do have some thoughts too as far as like uh i know there's like an upgrade for the arbitrie i think as far as getting like there's some 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 uh units like, have, like melee those, armor like the melee armor yeah is that worth it do people use that uh, ability? Isn't that, is it more of an active? I, I can't remember if that's a passive melee armor upgrade or if it's, or or if it's they the ability. Activated I think it's in... the activated. You have to hit Q and activate it. Is that oh, a lousy? Because wow. okay. I, I, I was thinking about, I've been thinking about palings. In fact, this might be my extra sheep, or it was one of those things. I was thinking about palings. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't ever use palings. Should I be using that more as an English yeah, player? Like, should. I, I should be. I, and how many people don't use those little extra abilities for like, Arbotrie, how often do you put up the shields and actually use that ability? Right. I, I forget that 
<laughs> that exists for the arbitrary. <laughs> uh, like there are times where I get, I'd send in some horsemen to deal with some longbows and just start like punching my desk because they dropped the palings. <laughs> and now I can't get around to the back and I can't actually engage into the longbows. Is it worth- with the five seconds it, it gives them, they're able to take out a couple of my horsemen. And now the fight's lost for me. Yeah. Is, it, is it worth I, putting I, your, your archers in a line, in the line formation, then doing palings? Is that like the way to go? Oh, to like- yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's more of a clump. I think if you can get like a paling ring around the outside, keep your mm. archers in a clump. Uh, we want to talk about like underrated text. Being able to use palings as English is so underrated. I don't see nearly enough English players yeah. using it. Myself actually, included. Actually, it's pretty funny you say that. Uh, going back to like the uh, Golden League, uh, the pro player, dude, what am I bugging his name? Uh, Vortex. This dude, this dude's like some like, they consider him like, you know, some, uh, he's like a micro guy. He did his, he tried doing that. Like he, uh, he had knights and uh, uh, longbowmen. And what he did with the knights of their charge, he brought his, uh, he brought the longbowmen forward, used the paling, stopped that, and then moved them, moved them back and moved his knights up when they charged. Like it was some, it was like some wizardry. Ooh, ooh, that's like, uh, dirty. Yeah. Yeah, it was some wizardry this dude did, but like he might, I like, I think that the people, if people sing that more, people probably will like, players are probably be like, oh, that might actually be pretty smooth. Cause like he completely shut out their, uh, you know, their charge. And then he died from his knights and he got his charge off. So like it was, it's that's some heavy micro. That's like some wizardry stuff. But like, yeah, Tailings, yeah. uh, you may show his value right there for sure. You guys play, uh, some of the more uh, like Delhi and Abbasid, those kind of civs. I don't play those as often. They've got a lot of civ specific upgrades and technologies. Are there any that are just absolutely trash that no one should ever look at or need some kind of help? I mean, uh, things that I don't look at. I don't look at the trade wing in Abbasid, and maybe I should, but I couldn't tell you what any of the techs in the trade yeah, wing do. I don't. I don't trade really um, ever. But I think all the other techs. Um, they're pretty, coming out of the Abbasid House of Wisdom are viable and some are things that you'd want. You get like an additional farm eco upgrade. I mean, you get the what is it? Not fresh food stuffs anymore. The Fertile Crescent, which is excellent. huge. You get the the tech that gives you um, discounts on technology, which is an amazing tech. I have one. Then, Okay. Okay. No, go for it. Go for it. I'm coming across one here that looks absolutely trash. I've never used it. (laughs) Okay. But okay, so I can't pronounce it. I like it was. I remember this. I never ever used it, but I remember this tech for the Abbasid. They changed the name of it, but it was originally called Faith. Now it's called Prozil Prozilization Prozilization. I don't know. But it has it where the, the uh, their proselytization or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. their admins can't convert units without a relic and only convert a single unit. That's, that's, like, that's like old AOE two old school like conversion happening yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, I've never seen anybody do that before. I w- you know I would love to see Abbasid against Delhi and just get a bunch of like single elephant conversions. That would be huge. Oh my gosh, that'd be crazy. That'd, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. I think outside of that, like single unit conversion. With just the amount of cooldown that that would take, yeah, uh, just not worth it. Where back in back in AOE two, where it was all single unit, you didn't need to use a relic to convert. Yeah, can't so, you like snipe convert in AOE two? Yeah, 
basically. That's insane. I will be in this monitor. It, it's, that's why it's why it's a super micro intensive kind of thing to see too. That's yeah. crazy. That's um, actually pretty. I'm impressive. going through some of those things. Oh, uh, what about for Delhi? Slow burning defenses. Is that worth anything? Oh, what is that? Have, the fire armor yeah, of stone wall towers keeps an outpost by plus ten. How good is that? I don't. I've never used that. <laughs> Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I've never even could be good if you're going compound of the defender and dropping a bunch of village fortresses keeps across the map and you want to secure that and your opponents using men at arms to try to burn down hmm. but that's why you go burning oil uh, <laughs> to deal with that so, seems, that seems like a far better choice yeah <laughs> Wait, what's the name of the tech again? I'm like slow burning defenses and it increases the fire armor of stone wall towers, keeps and outposts by plus ten. Okay, so I, I guess, guess torch damage doesn't become a problem as much. Yeah, I guess we know what Bill said. Yeah, I guess if you're going compound defender, it's pretty, you know. But also, it's free, so like pump it, yeah. like might as well. Yeah, that thing about Delhi. Like, it's free. Might as well. Just throw the queue. Forget about it. Exactly. It'll be done in five minutes. <laughs> just, just make sure you just make sure you queue that last. Don't have it. You know, queue it last. Like, yeah, don't don't have it like. The old Ron Popeil set it and forget it. Uh, exactly, exactly. Like, don't put it before village fortresses. We're like the best keep tech. You got you making sure you know you got that in front of it. Slow burning defenses is most definitely taking prioritization. Is that a real word? <laughs> what I just use there? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just said something crazy. Anyway, but yeah, make, make sure you're uh, developing. I mean, you're researching these uh, takes in the right order. Because yeah, I would most definitely like it's free. It's actually not. It don't even take that long either. So it must suck. <laughs> it must suck. It doesn't take long. <laughs> it's actually pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, coming out of the university, uh, oh, what is oh. it? There's a tech that gives you. Uh, buildings additional HP. I don't use that that yeah, often. Yeah. Um, That'd be good honestly, for like a wonder. That'd be a great one to go for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Should I be taking the mangonel? Uh, there's the mangonel tech out of the siege workshop that decreases oh, that setup time, but I even old, in games where I'm massing mangoes, I'm still rarely taking that. I feel like if you're massing mangoes, yeah. you would want that, I would think. I, I think that sounds good, but how much does it cost, though, is the big question. Mm, not much. It's pretty cheap. Um, I only know that because it's like every time I tab over to the Siege Workshop, it's still available still for available. research. Well, everything else is not. Yeah, <laughs> It's one of those texts I get and don't think about. I set up and forget about it, I think. Uh, I, I think I, I, it's a matter of like, I wish we... I mean, at what point? Because I think some of these techs are viable if you have enough mangoes, right? Like if, that, if you have like three or four mangonels in the field, you might want that because then they can set up lightning fast, oh, yeah, shoot, okay. get out of there before anyone even gets to them. But with like just one, no. maybe not. I don't think it's even bad. I don't think it's even bad. I think maybe it's just people just don't think about it. I think it's pretty good actually. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm looking at one right now that is not bad, but I feel like, and you can correct me. You guys are like you play a lot of English. You correct me. But I feel like I don't see, like, when the game first came out, this tech was used all the time with English. And now I never even research it or use it. And that setup camp, is that still a thing? People are I still use that. Rarely. Rarely? Like, I'm, one in a in 20 games. Yeah, I've never that. seen anybody actually, like, I think people just throw their archers to the wind. They just, like, don't want <laughs> I, if, I, if I'm going, I will. This is the tech I still do use. Um, I think it saved me a couple of archers. I don't know what's the cost on it again. I think my thing is the cost. Like if I don't have, if I'm floating extra gold and I 
don't have enough to build a extra archer, I will research this because you just have to remember to use it. If you use this tech, yeah. I think it's worth it. Um, and if you're going kind of for an all-in ram rush, it can be very, very viable. If especially if you need to pull back and regroup really quickly, uh, you can okay. save a couple of weak archers and keep that critical mass together. I won't say it's the greatest tech in the world. I wouldn't say it's the tr most trash tech either. I have used it to some degree. And I know I've saved at least one or two units. Whether or not that justifies the cost is a whole other deal entirely. But these are the bee's knees. It used to be the bee's knees. Yeah, uh, it used to it be was big. Like, yeah, it used to be able to trigger while you're in combat. And it was yeah, and that's OP. the problem with it right now is you can't oh, do it like that. Oh, I yeah, missed dude. that season. Yeah, dude, that was a little rough, man. They're healing up as they're murdering you. It was nice. <laughs> uh, as an English guy, I kind of I kind of resent that looking at Delhi. No, there you <laughs> I go. I mean, Delhi just got their nerf for healing up. So kind of they, the cost of their uh, their scholars went down though. It's still great. yeah, but the healing yeah, it's not healing as good is a little as it was. different now. Yeah, I think most of the the what do you call it the uh, blacksmith upgrades all feel pretty good. I mean, obviously iron undermesh yeah. and uh, did leather. No, those work, are much better. Yeah, like okay. skilled arrow yeah, iron is obviously better. The ranged uh, upgrades better than the melee ones, but those melee ones, I think sometimes you kind of they're still sleep good. On them. I mean, it's it's more of a priority. Like yeah. with a, with a blacksmith, it's if I go into imperial and it gets a little late into imperial. Uh, prioritizing finishing my blacksmith research is something that I do every single game. Sometimes I'll drop a second blacksmith are, to get it go faster. Those are must take. Uh, I mean, it depends. I, I'm an Ottoman player, so hmm. <laughs> that it's uh, not a uh, one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's so right. fun. Well, they're not. I think we've talked a lot. A lot of good text. Now I gotta. I gotta ask. We've been talking about like the most underrated text. What do you guys think are if you had to pick one tech, what is the single greatest tech in this game? Oof. Before the nerf, Network of Citadels is up there. It's still uh, up there. I think it's still up there. For cost point and uh, what it does. Um, I mean, Iron Undermesh, I guess, is Wheelbarrow, Iron Undermesh. Old Reliable over there. Yeah. Like, small, not huge game-swingy things, but... Everybody takes every single game. Yeah, wheelbarrow, iron under mesh. I got one. I got one. I think. I think this might be my favorite. Obviously, I'm very biased towards the adversary, but that new tech, fertile crescent, is beautiful. Mm. It's mm. Um, like literally the, the tech. The tech literally is this. Uh, you reduce the cost of all econo uh, economic buildings and houses by twenty five percent. Like That's everything huge. is cheaper. Everything is cheaper. Like. Like the TC is cheaper at all. Like it's, I don't know how to like, you know, on water it's cheap. Like everything is cheaper. And like for the, the, uh, Abbasid who, you know, obviously are known for their economic booming, you know, like it's almost like sometimes I don't know whether what's more important. I really feel like honestly, cause I used to think fresh fruit stuff was my favorite. Like obviously I'm a, I love it. Mean, that's still up there. That's, that's still, still, that's still, still pretty good. Like yeah. it, but it'd be like, it's still really good now, but before the season four patch, it was insane. Mm -hmm. It was literally, it was literally insane. Like fit like half off all your villagers. That's why their economy. went. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just think about half off villagers. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That just terrified me. I thought something like that. I'll say, yo, what's going on? I'll say, okay, I thought I was gonna storm. We're good though. Um, yeah, I really think that Fertile Crescent might be my number one. I really like, you know, I, it may something might trump it, but right now, actually, too, 
I don't know, uh, really quick. This is something kind of like just recently. It's not the best, but a really great tech that I really honestly took for granted is uh the Roost tech, uh the the militia. Like mm-hmm. the the militia that get listen, that tech is a savior. I was playing a team game with some people in the Discord and I was done. I was rated and was my economy going crazy. It was pretty much done. I went to that Kremlin. I hit that militia tech. I don't know if it's even technically a tech. I don't know. But like in my listen, my literally they spawn these militia are like these little foot soldiers for uh the roost and they spawn on your TC. My TC wasn't even, it was a non-existent. It was gone. He destroyed my TC. He's working on my, he's working on my next landmark. I clicked it, I spam clicked it, they spawned out of the earth. They spawned yeah. out of the ground and killed everything in his killed everything yet. I was like, kill all the bombards, everything. Dude, that is that's something that we do not just let it build up. They go for that. If you get raided and you're like on your last leg, just spam. Cause I think they call they're not that expensive. And they also, they also um they scale automatically with each age. So literally you just spam it and they'll come out of the ground and get immediately to work. They don't got they don't need a command, they get to work immediately. Yeah, I, I spam noticed, it. I, I noticed in two V2s and I noticed in a couple of uh, other games I was watching that like Going in, trying to go all in on Roos, having the Kremlin's really nice to stop that. Oh, like it's, yeah. it's a lot Kremlin's more difficult to all in on, on the Kremlin. Yeah, it got, a, it got a boost. But yeah, those are mine. Those are mine too. All right. I think mine's probably could be... I like Royal Bloodlines a lot still as the dying yeah. French yep. player I still can be. I think that's still a top one. Network yeah. of Citadels is still massive. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, of course, the bread and butter ones that you guys mentioned are just the old old reliables. Yeah, it's hard. I feel boring for saying, yeah, Wheelbarrow is the best tech. It's yeah. true. I mean, it's Iron true. Undermesh. It's true. Iron Undermesh is the best tech. Like the boring, like, yeah, one ranged armor. I mean, that's what that's, that's the how the bad. Allies won yeah. the war, right? That's how the Allies won World War II. It, was, it wasn't the sexy <laughs> things. It wasn't the cool tanks, the Panzers that the Germans yeah, had. It was, right. it was, it was logistics. It was spying. It was yeah, the basics. The information. It. Yep. Yep. All right, hey, guys. Bill, you, you, you eat a lot of chain restaurants, don't you? I'm I eat a lot of what? Yeah. <laughs> you, you eat a lot of chain restaurants. Meals <laughs> <Basic> so. <laughs> favorite uh, restaurant is Applebee's. Hey, I heard Applebee's after this. You guys heard of Chili's? Yeah. <laughs> Too good. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Feels like I'll have the chicken and the potatoes, please. <laughs> chicken and fries and a burger and fries. Oh, my gosh. No, nothing, nothing's wrong with the burger. Nothing's wrong with meat and potatoes. Uh, please, yeah, sir. Preach. There you go. All right, guys. I think we'll take one quick little break, and then we'll come back with our extra sheet. Hi, Sockerton here again. Uh, I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs to some communities that you might be interested in if you haven't heard of them already. Though odds are pretty good that if you're listening to this show, it's because you've already heard about it from one of these channels. Nonetheless, at any rate, I just wanted to give a big shout out to the Griet Barra, first of all, which is an awesome Discord channel that was started by Sir Nevels, our very own Sir Nevels here. Uh, And it's just a great community to find other players at your skill level, find teammates to dive into team games with. They also hold weekly jousts and other tourneys and just have lots of threads and discussions about the various civs and everything under the sun related to Age of Empires 4. So check them out if you haven't already. I also want to shout out the Rising Empires, which is a Discord and Twitch channel that hosts weekly tournaments. I've been involved casting some of the games and stuff with them. They're a great community. They work really hard to provide some quality content. They host the low ELO legends for players anywhere from bronze to diamond. 
and also the Warchief Club for those mighty players that are looking for something particularly challenging and way above my skill level. Uh, definitely check them out and get involved in the tournament. It's free, tons of fun, and a great way to learn and improve your skill in the game. If you've enjoyed the show so far and would like to become a supporter, uh, we're setting up a Patreon as well, which will hopefully have bonus content and other things coming down the pipe as the show you know, grows and expands. We'll be adding more and more of that kind of stuff. I'm starting out with a modest goal of just $100 raised to cover up our initial startup costs and hosting for this web, uh, podcast. Uh, so hopefully any additional proceeds then could be used, of course, to expand our show and improve our content quality. You can find the link to that in the description. It's been awesome seeing the support from you guys. Our first episode gained over 200 downloads that I was able to see, and I was just particularly tickled, actually, by looking at my world map and just seeing how far spread out you listeners are. While the United States has the largest segment, I was astonished to see that it's not actually a majority. It just has the plurality of listeners. Um, so that means more listeners are outside the United States than in, uh, which is, I think, is kind of awesome. So shout outs to you guys listening in the UK, Australia, Germany, and Japan. You guys are the top listeners across the globe next to the United States. I think followed up by then Canada, uh, a couple of France, a couple of places as well that had a number of downloads. Um, and we've had some some notable places that kind of caught me by surprise too, like Tunisia, um, several downloads in Israel, a couple in Malaysia, India. Gosh, the list goes on and on and on. I could just waste all the time talking about it. But I see you guys out there. I appreciate you guys listening. Hope you're enjoying the content. And so thank you for the support. And if you want to ask us any questions that you'd like us to answer and discuss on the podcast, you can head over to my Discord channel called Socraton on Twitch where I have a thread made specifically for questions. I'm thinking I'll probably end up making a Discord just for the podcast. Uh, but for now, that's where you can reach us. Again, this is only episode two. We're growing, we're learning. Uh, and we'd appreciate any kind of feedback you have, or if you have any questions and topics you'd like us to discuss, let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks again for listening. And now let's get back to the remainder of our show. And we're back. And all we're right. Back. Time for our extra sheeps. This is what we do at the end of every single episode. Uh, we all each have our little tidbit, share our extra sheep. I went first last time. Maybe Beal, do you want to take it away with your extra sheep real quick? Sure. Uh, yeah. So my extra sheep, uh, things I learned this week. Uh, I learned a lot this week because uh, I was over at Rising Empires casting their 2v2 tournament. And... I certainly learned a lot um, about 2v2, but also just setting up like a professional style cast. It's one thing for me to like do my own streams and be a co-caster on a professional stream. It's totally a different thing when I'm the one running the professional stream. Uh, there's a lot more pressure there's a lot more uh, that you need to like lead a conversation as you're tabbing through all of the windows, keeping everything going, going through the brackets. So yeah, my extra sheep was that two V two tournament and casting that and learning a little bit how to put on a professional production um, when I'm, I'm normally just having more of a casual style stream. 
Yeah, man. When you make it, we make it big time, man. Don't forget about me, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man. Just don't forget me, man. I'll be down. Hey, man, the your Discord oh. is kind of the big time right now. Oh yeah, no kidding. That thing is done. I, I remember when that thing just started, dude. I remember. I, oh, I, yeah, I don't man. even participate in it nearly as much as I should. But I remember when it was like brand new. It was a small little like thing, and man, it's. I was thinking. I myself, remember when it wasn't Griobara. Yeah, exactly. I remember when it was something yeah, very well, different. You know, I remember those oh, yeah, days. You remember the original? The, oh, the OGs <laughs> know what it was originally called. <laughs> oh man, I, I love that little image of Link and oh, his his wonderful oh, boots. Oh man, oh yeah, man, he was uh, doing some squats that week. Oh, that was sure. so good. I remember those days. That's funny, but uh, yeah, Bill, man, you do you're doing your thing out there, man. Well, Sir Neville's, what's your uh, extra sheet? I think I see. I know that's all outline oh. what you're talking. About. We're gonna have to do a whole episode on this towards the end of the season, especially. But go ahead and give it your your. Uh, oh your yeah, sheet. yeah. You know me, my sheep is. I feel like it always. I try to like put like a little bit of a little bit of a tip spin on it. But uh, something I am now learning and overcoming. This is like, and I actually, you know, I have a little personal YouTube channel. I'm not trying to do a shameless plug. Just my name. Plug but it in, um, plug it in. do it all. Do it all. Plug it in. Oh, yeah, it's, listen, it's it's nothing special, but it's Sir Neville's. You know what I'm saying. Give us uh, all, guys. Come uh, on, subscribe. Do it. Uh, I appreciate it. No, yeah, just, you know, sir, like, you know, the night, you know, royalty, sir, Neville's. Neville's, N-E-V-E-L-S. Yes, there we go. Yeah, on YouTube, sir, Neville's. And uh, something that I always struggle with, and this goes back to even before, before Age Empire, getting, like, how to, and this is my advice on how it could not be, it could be flawed, but the best way to get over ranked anxiety, I, that I, that's something that I, have just really honestly discovered this season is that the, my, something I learned, my little sheet is getting on ranked anxiety. You just got to play. You just got to play. Like, cause I realize a lot of players kind of like in the community, I hear them make multiple accounts because they don't want, they want to try new things out and try new civilizations. They all play pretty unique, but they don't want to risk their rank because they are obviously be probably, you know, have a player, you know, disadvantage in their gameplay playing a new civilization. But then what I've been hearing is about actually, and I suffer from this too. You you make you make a secondary account to you know try out that new civilization. And then you start doing good on your second account. Now you don't want that account to get deranked. So now you're making like third account and like and it's like a it's like a reoccurring thing where it like it gets layered eventually. So this season, all I did, I sat down, got me some warm milk. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Just have to just pre- like just relax, dude. It's a game. You're gonna lose. And I just start playing my main account. And I promise you, I've been enjoying the game that much more because now I feel like I'm working. So I'm working my main account. I'm working towards something. And now, and well, with all these various third party websites like AOE4 World, you can look at how you increase through the seasons. You know, like maybe season two, you were go to season three, plat one, and maybe season four, now you're diamond. You see, like, oh, look, I'm actually getting better. And when you got so many different accounts, I'm not saying if you want to, you know, make a practice account or smurf account, or whatever, I'm not going to, whoever does that, that's fine, more power to you. But playing a main account is great. So I would say my extra sheep is just play the game. Just play it. Just play it. You want to try a new civilization out? And believe it or not, losing is actually more rewarding than winning. I promise you, you learn way more from your losses than your wins. Because me, when I first started this season off of my main account, I was sick to my stomach. I was silver one. I went, I lost almost all four of my play, all my placing matches I lost. But yeah, extra sheep is go out there and grind up that main account. Don't be afraid. Don't let the pressure of losing rank get to your head. And I'm going to conclude on that. Nice. All right. Well, my all extra right. sheep is, uh, well, my, my, mine's a bit different. Um, 
I was watching, I've been really thinking like the last two weeks, actually, I've been like thinking, where's my extra sheep going to be? Like, where is it? Where is it? I was scouting all around my map trying to find it. Uh, <laughs> my extra sheep today is actually, I was watching uh, Snoopa's stream. I was watching him stream and he was playing the game against GUA and they were on Boulder Bay. And this is probably the most interesting Boulder Bay game I had ever beheld. Uh, they were, I think uh, it was, I'm trying to think of the civs. I think it was Mollians. Snoopa was playing Mollians going into, might've been Roos, might've been... No, no, it was Mongols. It was Malians into Mongols. And they're on Boulderberry. And they were in Dark Age for like almost eight and a half minutes. Both. It was the longest Dark Age game I'd ever seen. And they were using transport ships. And I, and I know this was a mechanic, but I'd never seen it used this like aggressively. It was so... The villagers were like being the civil defense force fighting. And Snoopa like, had all his villagers in his... Uh, it was being a water map. He had them all in a transport ship. Sent them over stopped any towering that was happening and like actually torched down GUA's docks. So he ended up having to go like three TCs into uh silver tree, like trade network. It was insane, but, but winning the water obviously kind of propelled Snoopa to the to victory. But I, my, I was just so in awe at how you can play this game in dark age. And I, someone was joking like, Oh, we should do like a dark age only tournament. And there were some jokes that had to be the most boring thing in the world. But I was like, yeah, if it was this kind of boring, I'd watch it all day. But it was probably the most I think interesting Mongols game. Mongols would do pretty good in that <laughs> dark yeah. age tournament. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Mongols, maybe some, uh, maybe some English with the the rush, the dark age man at arms rush. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was that was my that was my thing. Is yeah. I've been looking at a lot more of dark age rushing and maybe like what oh, civs yeah. do that. English being a, a civ, I play. I don't dark age rush often. I don't do a lot of dark age shenanigans. I I just feel like it's yeah. bad mannered a little bit in some ways, uh, but. I mean, it's a viable it's not, nice. it's, it's not nice, but it's viable. I mean, it's, you're, you're literally <laughs> well, trying to crush your opponent, so nothing's really that's nice. But that's my extra cheap, because I thought it was the most amazing transport ship battle I had ever seen. So shout out to, uh, to Snoopa and GUA nice. for putting on a quite the show. I really enjoyed that one. That's sweet. And that brings us, I think, to the end of our episode. It's almost two hours. We're doubling the length of our last episode. Oh, this one. man. A big it's shout fun. out to all you guys who have listened this far, who are all across the world. It's been really fun watching everyone download. Hopefully we can get this podcast to be bigger. Uh, we are setting up, uh, I am setting up a Patreon to see if you guys want to help, you know, support, support us doing this. It does cost some money to uh, run this thing and to get it posted everywhere so you guys can download and view it. I'll have more information like that in the description. Uh, but until then, this has been The Extra Sheep. Beautiful. Yeah, have a good night. See y'all. Have a fine day.